Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Josh here. Just wanted to let you know that Brush Creek Monsters has been updating their site weekly with new Doe on Fire estrus. Myself... Chris, Rick, and the rest of our team have been using Doe on Fire Estrus since late October with great success. So head on over to the website at brushcreekmonstersllc.com and get you a bottle of Doe on Fire. Hey everybody, Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads, and I got to tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year. I used the 12. Josh used a 20. And uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of the Saddies loads. And my God, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide ranging array of ammunition, custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. Buck down, baby. Oh my gosh, that was freaking awesome. This is my first public land buck. This is my second set of the season. I can't. Oh my gosh, I just heard him fall. I just heard him fall. Uh. I just shot my Kentucky buck. What a field by whoa! <clears throat> that was uh, that was odd. This Welcome will f- be hosted by a 13-year-old boy <laughs> named Rick Cates. Welcome to Fuel by the Outdoors. We're your host, Rick Cates, Chris Leppert. What's up? And we are at, we again have another very special guest this week. Josh His name, His name is Josh Luck. We are terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to introduce me. You just looked at me like... Uh... We're so used to you just being part of this now. It's kind of odd. When it was just me and Chris, it was a lot easier to to like uh, do the interview style. But my brain is foggy from NyQuil and DayQuil uh, after deer camp, and I cannot think straight for most of the day. That's Rick's nice of way of uh, telling you that he's sick of you. And yeah, yeah. I'm allergic to Josh. Um, <clears throat> I sneeze a lot around him, and uh, <laughs> so. Josh took a nice buck in Ohio and we just kind of wanted to pick his brain and break down his hunt and talk about, uh, you know, what he did to make that all happen, which is kind of cool because it's kind of a quick ordeal. 
uh, other than uh, turning the Bucks name. What was the Bucks name? Did you did this one have a name? This one did not. All right, we'll call him Sandy. <laughs> I like it. I haven't told you this yet, Rick. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> We're going to have a long heart-to-heart about Josh and his doer mentality. <laughs> so, uh, to start this off, um, Josh, why don't you first tell people about sort of your, um, like your experience hunting before uh, becoming friends with myself and Rick and Luke and Pierce and all that, and just kind of tell that story, and then we'll dive into your hunt. Okay. So kind of like my background on hunting growing up and what kind of like what led to before I met you guys. Uh, yes. That, and then like basically, you know, you, I mean, basically the story I want people to hear is when you first got into public land and okay. uh, yeah, you know what I'm asking for. So <laughs> We'll start early on. So I grew up i've said this on the podcast early on before but um i grew up hunting just private land small parcels um i started hunting when i was 10 10 11 and at that time it was just over corn piles on small parcels and that's pretty much how i grew up hunting for from the time i was 10 all the way up and until you know not too long ago um, mainly, mainly would hunt during the rut and just kind of sit on the private near some corn, um, and just kind of wait for a buck to come through. Um, and that's pretty much how I grew up hunting. That was, you know, the way that you hunted. Like uh, most Midwestern children. Yeah. Like most Midwestern children. That was, that was what you did. Right. And then I eventually met. Chris and Rick and when did I meet you guys? 2017? Uh, 2018? I, I would say it would have been 2018. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. <clears throat> 2018. Um, and around that time I was finishing up college and all that and I had a little bit more time to put into hunting and I started changing kind of my, my thinking, my thought process. And, uh, you know, before I really wouldn't pay much attention to the wind or bounce around just on the same stand over and over. Um, but in the 2018, I started, you know, paying a little bit more attention to the wind and uh, studying that. And then in 2019, I, I was still hunting private land, uh, but would bounce around a little bit more, try and play the wind a little bit more. And that's where um, I, I killed my, my first year that scored above 130 inches was in 2019. Um, and I was still hunting private. I hunted private in 2019 and 2020. Um, but I would guess starting from 2019, that's when I really started just to try and learn more and more, you know, being involved with, you know, fueled by the outdoors and, and everything else that we do. Um, I just started. You were going through school as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and once I finished all that is when I was like, okay, I'm going to, try and become a more efficient hunter, improve my skills and, and just learn as much as I can. Um, so the transition kind of happened. It was still on private, still somewhat around, you know, corn piles and that, but I would bounce around a little bit more on the private, um, really pay attention a little bit more to my access and wind and all that. And I, I killed uh, 
132 in 2019, a 141 in 2020. And then around that time, I think I hunted a little bit of public with you, Chris. I think it was a gun, a gun camp. Was that, uh, yeah, was yeah, that, that's, uh, that would have been 2020. I want to say that was 2020. Um, that's was. when we went, uh, that's when me, you, Matt, and Aaron yeah. went out east and hit the hit the mountains and killed your guys selves for the whole day. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we did. I think Aaron and I covered like four and a half miles or something, just walking ridges. So that was some of my first experience on public, just kind of a gun camp. Didn't really. We saw like a couple does. That was it. Um, and I think I had went with you as well out there where was that 21 or 2020 i can't remember 2021 yeah uh so that that was kind of my first introduction to public was just going out you know never shot anything we didn't really see that much but just sharing gun camp with you guys or or a couple hunts and then i moved to kentucky oh when was that was that 21 it was 21 21 going into 22 yeah, because I don't think I hunted Kentucky in twenty one. No, no, no. No, you you and I went and scouted uh, we WMA, uh, where you killed your your Kentucky buck last year, and yeah, we that, got out that was in twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So when I moved to Kentucky, um, I still had that piece of private in Ohio, mm-hmm. and I would still hunt it. Um, but in twenty one when I became a Kentucky resident, I kind of moved to public out of necessity. Uh, That's where the real learning curve, I would say, kind of started. Rick, you were kind enough to kind of point me in a general area and saying like, oh, I've seen some deer here, you know, deer here, just Mm -hmm. go find find it. Um, And that's what I did. And that first year was a struggle. it was a smaller piece and probably one that gets a little bit more hunting pressure. Uh, I was able to find deer. I put some SD cards out or SD cams out and got a good deer on camera. But man, just hunting was like a completely different story, way yep. different than the private. Um, <clears throat> the deer were just, you know, in tune with the pressure and just knew how to stay hidden. I'm like, man, I keep getting all these deer on camera, but I cannot, like I struggled to see deer during hunts. And I was like, this is way different. Um, so I, cr- I grinded it down on early season on that uh, piece of public without any encounters. And then I, I did kill on that private in Ohio in 21. Um, and then hunted that same piece in Kentucky a couple more times in November, but that was it. Um, so I, you know, kept wanting to learn, hone my skills. That kind of lit a fire underneath me a little bit. It's like, okay, like, I definitely need to up my game as far as, you know, learning different things and improving woodsmanship and stuff like that. So I scouted um, that same piece, kind of honed in on the areas where these bucks were primarily staying. And that eventually led into the 22 season. Um, and I was able to kill, there were, there were two bucks on that WMA that I was targeting. And the number two buck, I was able to take him on my second sit. Uh, so I went from hardly any, like no encounters, to a buck down on my second sit in the, in the early season. 
so that was that was a huge accomplishment for me i was that's that deer is downstairs i have mounted it's probably like my favorite deer of all time so far um yeah. for me it's like one of my my proudest like moments and accomplishments as a deer hunter up to this point isn't that funny like you have a deer that's bigger by 15 ish inches roughly somewhere <laughs> around there uh, i think 12 12 okay so you know 12 inches i mean it's significantly well i don't know about significantly but i mean i can tell a difference right and so that's not even your favorite one though the the one that you worked the hardest for and and really you know i don't want to like discount the corn thing or anything it's just different mm-hmm. you're more connected to the earth the animal there's there's thoughts going into it that you know don't go into hunting a small parcel you know corn pile type you know baiting situation so um and that's what i was telling that lady today about my book i was like don't get me wrong it's it's cool that it scores well but no one can take that away from me like it's a big mature deer and i did i did everything myself and mm-hmm. 100% by the book like no one can take that deer away from me and that's the same with yours and what's funny is what does it go 136 yeah, he he went 136. As a nine, nine? Yes. Okay. So I looked at that deer at the Southern show, and I was like, damn, who killed that? <laughs> that was a good deer. And it was your, like, I had no idea. And I've seen it a trillion times, right? But every time I can't get over it, like, that's the biggest 136-inch deer I've ever seen. I just, I think a 135-plus-inch deer is just big so but uh really cool he's real he's real framey yeah i'll I'll never forget that yeah that was one of my proudest moments um just because i put in the work and it's right it's like you said we're not discounting the small parcel private land baiting i mean because that's how all of us grew up it's just it's just different yeah it's a different game to play um and that that'll kind of lead into up to this year. So I'll I'll just continue on uh, how things led into this year, if that's all right with you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> so took that buck in twenty two, um, and still try to keep. I, there was another buck on there that I wanted to hunt, so I kept scouting and trying to learn. Uh, long story short, I, I didn't locate that deer this year my number one target buck. Um, I don't know if he relocated, if some of the food sources shifted, like I said, it, it wasn't a big piece, so he could, he could have easily went over on, on to some private and been over there. Um, but I, I didn't have a, a target buck in Kentucky. And then Chris, you and I went scouting, um, at a piece that was fairly far from here. Um, there's one other piece I scouted and I found it a couple times in kentucky but really no target bucks so and then with we had our expos this summer and then i moved out of kentucky into ohio into a new house so between the expos and moving and all that stuff i didn't have like a ton of time to scout in ohio well 
I should preface this. So the only time I had been hunting on public in Ohio was those few times gun hunting with you guys. I've never bow hunted publicly in Ohio until this year. So I, I did that. So I'll, I'll go into the Kentucky season. Leading up to the Kentucky season, um, I didn't really have a specific buck I wanted to target. So I was just, you know, kind of targeting any any mature deer. And then in, uh, in Ohio, on the private, I was waiting mm. for a couple other target bucks to pop back up on camera, which they hadn't during the summer. So we hunted Kentucky that opening weekend um, on one WMA with no encounters. And then uh, Chris, Rick, and I, we went to a different WMA. Uh, was that was that the Sunday of opening weekend or Monday? Sunday of, op- Sunday of opening yeah. weekend. That's right. We went there. Um, <clears throat> I didn't have any encounters. Rick, you saw like a doe. Chris, you saw a couple does. Um, I went hunting at that same piece one other time and just had a bunch of people on the private just having a party not far from me. Uh, kind of ruined the hunt. Tried to tried to sneak into a hub system for two <laughs> hours and I get set up and then you know, a couple hours before the end of legal I have a bunch of people coming on UTVs. So that was fun. Um, but anyway, so no encounters in Kentucky. And at this point, you know, Ohio's the, that last weekend in September and it were, you know, the, at this point it's the second weekend in September and none of my target bucks on private in Ohio had popped back up. So I, I kind of get in a little bit of a panic mode and I had told you guys, I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go hunting something down in Ohio on public with cameras. That was my goal. Um, I kind of put Kentucky on hold. I didn't hunt anymore in Kentucky for the rest of September I picked some places to scout, um, kind of looked online at the maps and, and picked some areas that had some uh, some habitat and terrain I was looking for. And I took, I think I, think I put out three SD cams. Um, but I went to one area, scouted it, put cameras out, and over the years it's taken me, well, since I started scouting in, in public, on public in Kentucky, I'm, I, I like to let cameras soak and just gain a bunch of intel over the year. Um, but in my, my situation in Ohio is a little different, so I, I wanted to try something that I hadn't really tried before, um, but I know some other guys that do it. It's basically mm-hmm. hunt deer down with cameras and just you know keep moving cameras. Um, so that's what I essentially did. I, I put cameras out on a new piece, let them soak for a week, went back. There wasn't, I had a couple like yearling bucks, maybe a couple two-year-olds on them. And I was like, well, nothing here. And I I moved on to a different section. Were you going to say something, Rick? Yeah. So like you, you've transitioned over to Ohio at this point and you're, uh, you're going through and you're trying to figure out what made you choose this particular piece of public uh, when you decided that, the you were gonna start putting in these uh kind of breaking it down in sections and i don't want to say grid hunting it but like uh putting cameras in certain places like what what were things that you were looking for personally when you were looking at these wmas so 
I'm trying to think. I think I first heard about this. I, I think uh, Chris has talked about this place before, and uh, you have too, Rick. Um, I can't remember if you said you guys have hunted there or not. Rick, you, you had? Yeah. Yeah. Long I, time I, ago. Yeah. It's, I, I had never been there. And I think, Chris, you said you had never been there. Um, but I was, it's a fairly large piece. And I was essentially looking for some areas that I thought might be overlooked, but also had the kind of habitat features I was looking for. Um, there was ag not far away. Uh, some some native fields. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know we're big on the native fields. Um, but there was ag, some native fields, uh, water nearby. It just it just had kind of everything to me that that said, okay, there should be a decent deer population here. Should have the deer numbers, and there should be some places for these deer to hide. Which, on public, for me, translate into, you know, there's going to be a mature buck here because they have mm -hmm. places to get away from other hunters. Um, and that's, that's what kind of led me to this place. And I picked out two sections on this piece of public that kind of had the same things. Uh, and I went to the larger section first and that's where I put those three cameras out. And, and like I said, I, I just got a couple small deer on it. So I pulled those and also during my scouting there. So I, I went scouted put some cameras out and then when i went to check them i also scouted while i was checking them um there seemed there were there were more access points than i thought there was um they weren't like clearly marked on like on x or spartan forge or anything like mm -hmm. that um and i think <clears throat> i ran into a squirrel hunter while i was there and he was he, he was like oh yeah a squirrel hunted here quite a bit and he was giving me some history it's like, oh yeah. He's like, I always see people over here and over here, and I'm like, well, uh, time to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled those cameras and then went to that second location, uh, and it was, I could tell right away that it probably didn't get nearly the pressure because it had less access to it, uh, and it wasn't as obvious access. So that that stood out to me pretty quick. So I I scouted this place. Once I hung, let's see, I hung one, two, I hung two cameras on my first scouting trip there. And again, I, I let them soak uh, for like a week. And then I went back and checked them. And I had, I, there was a couple decent deer on there. Um, I, I believe I went back and actually did like a scout hunt. And at this point we're it's past opening weekend. Um, it's like that first weekend of October. Mm -hmm. It's been around. Oh, let's see here. Yeah. The seventh or eighth somewhere in there. But I had, I did a scout hunt. I scouted, found another area uh, where there was a scrape. I opened the scrape up. I bent some of the branches to make them a little bit lower so more deer could hit them. Put a camera on that, and then I hunted like the last hour. Um, didn't see anything, but I got the intel I wanted. Uh, I found some of the sign I wanted, found you know fresher rubs, and the habitat made sense for it to hold more deer, and then the camera showed there was at least one, possibly two nicer deer in the area. So I hunted an evening, and then I hunted one morning, 
there. I think I hunted the morning of the 8th. Mm-hmm. I went where I hung that third camera near that scrape. And I had some decent action that morning. Um, some of the best action I've had on public and uh, probably ever. I think you talked about that previously on one of the podcasts that we did where you had all the, you had like, saw six or seven does, uh, small buck. Is that, is that that day? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had like a spike buck come on come in on me. And then uh, late morning I had two fawns and a doe come through as well as I couldn't tell what they were, but they were in a group. So I'm assuming they were does and fawns. I think there were like eight deer total. I saw that morning. It's a good morning. It's a yeah. good day period. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good day period. especially on, on public that, you know, gets, gets some pressure. And so at this point it's, it's the first weekend of October and I, I did start getting pictures of some of my target bucks from last year on private in Ohio. And I kind of had a vendetta about this one deer. I'm, I'm, I know the listeners <clears throat> have heard his name before. His name's Richard. Um, <laughs> he was popping back up on camera. So I, I kind of shifted gears because I really wanted to, to you know, try and get an arrow in that buck. And I thought I had a decent chance this year. Um, so I didn't hunt that piece of public anymore. I, there was just those two hunts. And I shifted over to private. And... I'm trying to. Th- I think I first sat there on October 22nd, and between October 22nd and November 8th, I put in multiple sets there, and it was wearing on me. I had, again, small, small piece. My father hunts it, so there is, there's a, a bait pile. There's corn there. Um, I, I very rarely hunt over that anymore. If and it, the only reason I would is if if the wind dictates it, um, if I'm hunting close by. But I, I was bouncing around, and I, I my my moves were limited there, just because it's you know the property lines. Oh, um, stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I put in multiple sits there. The most I've ever put in one season on that piece. Um, no encounters. Uh, with with that deer, I was just getting frustrated. And Chris, when you shot your buck, uh, I, I so we tracked it that night. I hunted the next morning, and then uh, you went out, finished the track, found them, and then I came over. Um, I got down out on my stand that morning, came over for pictures and stuff. And I, I I didn't go hunting that evening, and this is where that deer earned his name again. So another name for Richard is actually Dick, right? Little Dick. <laughs> so I, my my poor my priority was to go help you, Chris. That was my number one priority. But of course, that buck showed up when I wasn't there that evening, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" My brother actually sent me a, a video. They were on the back porch, and this this deer comes through basically the backyard. I'm like, "Oh my god." Just a slap in the face. Uh, but I put in a couple more sits there, and like I said, I just... That that piece of private doesn't have... like it, It's not where they bed. You know, it's not like the preferred habitat. It's just during October and November, you just got to catch them coming through because they're, they're primarily staying on the neighbors. And I believe if I, if I didn't have limitations from the property line, I would have that deer down. I think I just oh yeah 
need to go like. I mean, that deer would have been dead about a year ago. Yeah. But here's the deal, though. Like, <laughs> if I could just hunt wherever the hell I wanted to, and Rick could, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. wouldn't have any problems I didn't at have all. Property, these bullshit property lines. I didn't I have these kill dumb. These. If I didn't have these dumb imaginary lines that someone decided to make up and put stones in the ground to mark and <laughs> any stupid yeah. laws preventing me from using a gun at any time I want. Again, yeah. like that's why, because public, like screw screw our property lines man that sucks <laughs> want to go hunt them down yeah not not fun i was getting frustrated and to put it to the listeners so the that richard buck he'd probably go upper 30s low 40s he's at least four years old if not five deer. yeah he's Maybe. a real pretty deer yeah there's there's another deer there um he actually daylighted on the 18th and he'll probably come back around uh late season that's kind of his his mo um he'd probably go in the 40s nice 10 and then yeah. another 10 that popped up this year just at night uh, he he might go 40s as well so some decent deer here um but like i said i was getting frustrated and on the eighth i didn't really have an encounter i think i might have seen some button bucks and i was like that's it i'm done i'm going back to the public because i can at least move around, make moves and make something happen rather than now, just now to be back. clear, now to be clear, uh you took this was like when you're talking about like the what was it, like the seventh, eighth, ninth, like through that time period, you took days off work. Like this was your rutcation. Yeah, that was my rutcation. So I took um I always take the last weekend of October. So I was off from the 28th well that's a saturday but i was i went from the 28th until the 31st um so i used a couple days there and then i was off from like the 4th to the 8th and i spent it on on the private so so after like being there that time like you said you get frustrated and you say to yourself i'm done with this like um i'm this these sits aren't putting in work that i that I know that I can do. So I'm going to go roam on public where I had, I had found potential at, at that point. Yeah. That was, that was pretty much my thought. And I was like, I know I can go make something happen. I'm going to go back to where I had those bucks and just not sit and hope anymore. Hey everybody, Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads, and I gotta tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year, I used a 12, Josh used a 20, and uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of Saddies loads, and my god, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide-ranging array of ammunition, custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. Wow. That was really wearing on me. <laughs> F. 
hope. Yes. Yeah. This is where it gets good, is what makes me kind of like... It's the hope that kills you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, dude. <laughs> hope hope is for losers. That's that's for the people who are like, well, he didn't daylight. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to sit and wait for an opportunity that's never going to come. Screw that. When you're boxed in like that, no way. Yeah, that's like you said earlier, it's a it's a completely different game. Um, but yeah, so on and that that week, uh, I think I actually think on the eighth, it got in like the seventies that day. It was pretty warm, <laughs> and we had a a really good cold front coming in uh, that weekend. It would have been on the eleventh. Mm-hmm. So my thought was, I was like, I'm gonna go, and like I said, I hadn't been there since like October eighth, so I have no idea what pressure was through there. I don't know how many people have been through there. I know when I scouted that area, uh, I did find a camera uh, that was fairly close to the parking lot. Um, I did find a climber, um, and I could see where a guy had been hunting there, not too far from where I hung a camera on a scrape, probably a hundred yards or so. Yeah. Um, and I also found, I, I forgot to mention this. I did find a gut pile there, um, that morning that I had hunted that last morning I hunted there. I, after my morning hunt, I scouted a little bit more and I did find like a fresh gut pile where someone had killed a deer like the day or two before. Um, so there was pressure there, and I, and I didn't know how much more had come through there because all I have ever heard from Chris was like, "Oh, I hear that place mentioned a lot. Like it gets a lot of pressure." Mm-hmm. But I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go early and go in this area. I'm like, if there's pressure, I'll I'll just adjust." But I knew, I, I knew if there wasn't pressure in there, there had to be something moving through there, and to kind of paint the picture. I was on like this tributary to a creek. Uh, there was like this main creek, and then there was this little dried up tributary. I don't know if you would consider it like a slough or not, uh, but it went up into this kind of wider open creek bottom area. And in the creek bottom is thick. There's some honeysuckle and other stuff in there. Um, that's where that scrape was that I had a camera on. And then on either side of it, I guess the this tributary would kind of run like north and south, and then to the east and west of it, there were two like smaller ridges. And on the one to the west uh, was private on top, but the one to the east was all public. Uh, but on, I, I know the one to the east was all just kind of grown up native fields and it was real thick up there. And then from the maps on the private on the on the that western ridge, it looked like it was also just grown up native fields. But I, I could see a there's a block a box blind over there. I, I was assuming they were gun hunters. Um, but these ridges dumped down into this creek bottom. So I got these two ridges where I was pretty much kind of banking where probably most of the bedding was, um, kind of on either side on the east and west side of of this little creek tributary, thicker bottom. There's cut ag not far. Um, 
So I, I went in with the mindset of kind of what I experienced that first morning I hunted there. I was like, I might get some later morning movement through here. Um, I was going to sit all day. We had the cold front. We had rising pressure. Like the pressure was getting to like mm-hmm. 30.45 or something. <clears throat> Bluebird skies, high pressure. I was like, this this is the perfect recipe for something to move through here. And I'll probably sit all day if I need to. So I went in early, um, got set up. I actually kind of misjudged the time a little bit. I actually didn't finish setting up until it was like 6.40. And I was like, I think legal light was 6.45, 6.48, something like that. It was it was getting light enough to where I was like, uh, I need to like be quiet <laughs> and stop moving. I didn't even put my camera arm up because I was like, at this point, I'm like, it's it's a little late. Um, <laughs> it's a little late. <laughs> didn't feel like it. You can just say it. Well, I didn't because I was like, I, was I don't like, feel like putting my my camera arm up. <laughs> I didn't feel like putting it up because I was like, I need to like be quiet. Anyway, so I get set up, and so. I'll go back real quick to that hunt on the 8th. I, I went into this area that morning and tried to pick a tree in the dark. My first mistake was that that first morning I hunted there, I, I didn't pick a kill tree um, near that scrape. So after that first morning, I picked a kill tree. Uh, and that's the tree I went to on the morning of the 11th. I had it marked. And I went to that tree and got set up. And it was it was way better than that first tree I picked. I was 20 yards from that scrape. Um, my camera was still there, fortunately. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe there hasn't been as much pressure in here. Um, but I was 20 yards from that scrape. I was kind of facing south. There was a north wind. Uh, and the creek bottom's open enough to where you I, I, I felt like my wind could be somewhat steady. Now, early in the morning, there was hardly any wind. But I had popped right up of that little creek tributary. So my, my thermal pull was down the creek. Um, but I was facing south. I had a north wind. Uh, but there was a, a tr- creek crossing trail just north of me, um, 20 yards, that would have been on kind of the downwind side of that western ridge if something was to cross there. So I was kind of expecting something to cross there. Or there was another creek crossing to the south of me um, but I felt like if something comes through there I might be able to shoot it before you know it catches my scent and then there were multiple trails which would have been to my east of me so I was I had my strong side I was in my saddle uh, my strong side to the east so I could shoot near that scrape there was kind of a main trail there and a couple others that intersected there so in addition to that habitat and terrain there were multiple trails intersecting in this area. Um, so that was another reason why I chose this spot. <clears throat> so like I said, I get set up. It's like 640. It gets light enough to where I do um, a little interview on my phone. And I even say in the video, I was like, okay, I'm going to turn the camera around now and kind of show you guys my setup. So I literally turned it off and I hear, and I was like, Oh, that sounds like a deer. And it's coming from what would have been behind me, north of me, uh, upwind of me. 
And I, I really wasn't expecting a buck to come from that area, but I, I kind of turned around and I'm looking and there was like a, this big, I don't know if it was like a walnut or whatever it was blocking my view. And I kind of like lean out a little bit and I could see a rack. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, what deer is this? And I, I grabbed my bow just in case. And I thought it was going to come down that main trail and cut near that scrape. Um, but he, he cuts kind of behind me near that um, trail that was just north of me, that little creek crossing there. Um, so I have to like turn all the way around to like my six o'clock mm-hmm. on my platform. And I'm like looking, looking. I was like, do I recognize this deer? Because like I said earlier, I had some deer on that camera. And he eventually turned his head and I did recognize the deer. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually I should showed Chris this deer, <laughs> and we had both agreed like, oh, he's a gorgeous three year old. Will probably be a giant in a in a couple years. <laughs> what? The bloodlust took over. Chop chopping down Christmas trees three <laughs> years early. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it or pretend it. This was a three year old deer. Uh. But I recognized him, and in my head, I was like, you know what? I've been struggling with encounters. I was like, this is my third sit on this piece. Like I'm, like he's he's getting an arrow. Like I've never shot a public land buck in Ohio. Like he's getting it. So <clears throat> he goes to cross the creek, and I go to stop him, and he's only like twenty yards. But he stops behind this like small little spindly tree, so some some branches are covering his vitals. And I'm like, shoot. He like kind of looks my direction and then takes like two or three quick steps forward. Like he's trying to get across the creek quickly. I'm like, oh man, like I, I had to stop him again. And <laughs> I'm like facing my five o'clock out of my platform. So I'm kind of turned all the way around. And it's it was my own fault. I just rushed my shot. But he took those quick steps. I'm like, man, I need to like, if I'm going to shoot, I need to do this quick before he like bounds off, gets antsy. Um, I rushed my shot. I, I pulled it. Uh, fortunately, I spined him. He dropped right away. I grabbed another arrow quickly, put a follow-up shot on him, and then he expired right there in the creek. Nice. Yeah. Now, we're going to make this about me for a second. <laughs> Rick, get your bleeping tool out. Hold on, let me let me pull up the stopwatch. All right. Pull up your stopwatch. All right, let's go. This motherfucker gutted this deer and drug it through Omaha Beach. <laughs> you didn't pack it out. Bro, so, he no, didn't let's... he didn't drag the deer. What he did was laid it on its side, pointed its gutted belly towards a sand dune, and and pushed against its spine until the entire cavity was full of sand and then he was like I should throw sand in my own eyes and eat some (laughs) while I'm at it dude I'm sitting here cleaning this tear in my garage and I'm like did he bust the gut like he hit it in the spine what the hell why are there guts oh this isn't guts this is all sand <laughs> i'm like josh this is gonna be hell to clean up so like, like i said i was in a creek bottom <laughs> <laughs> and i thought about cutting it up and packing it out but then i was like 
What? How would then, I get sand in it if I fucking cut it up and pick it out? I'll, I'll preface. I, I do like good quality photos to kind of pay homage to the deer. I just. I agree. I don't know. I'm I'm big on just good photos with your harvest as a way to like pay respect and just but not honoring, honoring the, the meat. meat. But not no, honoring not. the meat. Uh, but also for like the bow hunting oh league. <laughs> For the bow hunting league, you're like, oh, you need a picture of the whole deer with your bow. And I'm like, ah, I need someone else to take pictures. Like, I can't like cut up the deer. I'm like, I don't have anything to like set my phone on and like take pictures. And your so, phone doesn't have a timer. No, it does. But I'm like, where am I going to set this thing? The, anyway, against a tree. I also wanted to take it over to Chris's and witness the butchering process from start to finish because I've I'm, never done that. I'm not going to give you shit about dragging a whole deer out because personally i would much rather put it on a gambrel and, and do it that way Controlled i, I will say like i've done hundreds and hundreds of deer and i can do it in the woods but i can tell you i'm pretty sure now that i've done you know a decent amount of them out there i don't think i'll ever leave home without my srt kit mm-hmm. and my one stick and stuff to be able to get it up in a tree because it absolutely blows when you've got it on its belly or on its side or whatever yep. this last one i did I, I killed a buck in kentucky this weekend mm-hmm. and did it and uh it, it wasn't bad but it was still hell with all the physical effort i put in you know prior to cleaning the deer and everything and um it's it's just if you can get it off the ground, you're you're setting yourself up for a W basically. And Absolutely. Leaves and de- uh, deer hair and sand and rocks and sticks and bark and all that shit off of your meat. Yeah. So anyway, I had to I had to blow Josh a little shit on the podcast though because <laughs> the whole time I'm like, you know, you're gonna be sitting there and this is gonna be like finding TSS in your turkey breast. <laughs> Like you're gonna be chewing, and all of a sudden you're gonna be like, "This, oh. um, this is gritty." <laughs> mm-hmm. So I didn't tell. I don't think I told you this, Rick. I drug that my I drug it myself. So I after I I killed the deer. I I had I took in clothes and stuff with me, um, just because it was cold, and I had a yeah. pretty, pretty decent hike back there. So I hiked all the way back to my vehicle. Unload everything, get water, grab a bite to like eat, hike back in, gut it. I drug it myself for, uh, I tracked it. It was a little over three quarters of a mile. That's a haul, man. Yeah. The last hundred yards was like up a hill. I was, <laughs> it was brutal. It was not fun. So I got to know this. <clears throat> Did you bring rope to drag it with or like shoulder strapped with a rope or what? Or did you just try to use your arms and like cam hanes it through the woods? No, I, I always carry like an extra tether. Good. Uh, it's actually like a like a tree stand one with like a Bruce that can carabiner like one yeah. like for yeah. stand hunting. So I, I use that. I <clears throat> wrapped it around its, the base of its rack and uh, I actually had my pack on. And had the it's the mystery ranch pop up where you can kind of mm-hmm. lengthen the 
the shoulder straps. The shoulder stuff. straps, yeah. I put it a little longer. That way, when you pull the rope over, you have a little bit more leverage there. And if you get it up close enough, it's actually not too bad. Um, you just got to lean forward, and that's kind of the easiest way to drag it. Uh, but that last 100 yards up the hill, I kind of had to heave hill it with just my. I arm. bet you did. Yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so well, that was my my buck story on uh, Ohio Public third man. third sit there. Huge congratulations! The yeah, absolutely. I, I understand that it's a three year old deer. It's not a mature deer yet. It's a deer that, you know, I don't know if I could put a percentage on it, but probably 70 or 80% of people that hunt. Oh, that would, deer would have been dead would, if it walked would in front literally, of Would literally be like over the moon about it's a gorgeous deer. It, it you know, is it like the pinnacle of what we want? Well, no, he's not. He's not four, five, six. He's, you know, and I mean, while we like inches, it really isn't. For me, it's not about that. I don't believe that's about that for josh it's more about you know the experience and everything and what i find cool is that you're sitting in a cardboard box with corn and stands and you can't go anywhere you're in this little box and then one day you were like this i'm gonna go hunt one down <laughs> and what did you do you went and did you was that you only sat the one time on public during your rotation, yes? Or was that your yeah, second? In, in Ohio, that was right. right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you went to you went to Kentucky public once too, didn't you? Yep. So yeah. so you were like, okay, I'm done with this foolishness. I'm going to go do what I do and hunt one down. And literally took a buck that you showed me a video of a month ago, like. I find that to be pretty cool and pretty damn respectable. Again, you know, I know what your goals are and I know what we're shooting to do, but at the end of the day, it's still a good deer. Your first Ohio public deer, mm -hmm. second public deer overall. It's going to look great on the, or yeah, we didn't, we didn't cape him out. It's going to look great as a skull mount. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you did also bring something up. Your, your first deer that you killed with Theo around, right? Yeah. So, so I, I told you, Chris, I told you this. I did not tell Rick this. Rick might be as, as a therapist, he, he might enjoy this. <laughs> I just think as, as uh, a person who knows you, he'll enjoy this. <laughs> Josh felt. I felt. Oh so man. I'm, yeah, I thought I was going to say something like you put Theo in the body cavity or something no, of the deer. No. I'm, I am not, for any listeners, I am not a very emotional person. Uh, most of my friends know that. But, and I, I never, I've, I've never, I'm, I've gotten like super excited and had that adrenaline dump for deer, but I've never like gotten emotional over deer. Um, but after like every deer I kill, I usually sit there and kind of reflect on just the hunt and then like everything that happened and occurred. Um, so I was just kind of reflecting on after I shot that deer and just reflecting on what happened and what, what got me, uh, was I was just, I, I came to the realization that I, I got to experience something that I've always kind of wanted to experience. Like when I have like my first child and sharing that moment with them in like a buck 
and just I got a little teary-eyed there. I was like, oh, that's this is the first buck I get to experience with Theo. So that's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. He didn't know what to think. He just kind of stared at it. Kind of <laughs> direct, kind of didn't. That's awesome. Like I love it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and that's a moment you're gonna remember forever. And like you're like you can tell him when he gets older and when he kills his first year, you can tell him, you know, he was there when you killed that deer. You're mm-hmm. gonna be able to point to it and say I drug that one out of the woods and it was filled with sand and we went over to Chris's <laughs> house and <laughs> and then you got to see the deer and that's cool, man. Yeah, I was pretty jacked. Pretty I think, like Chris I, I, said, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying, like Chris said, like, you know, we're not trying to sugarcoat anything. That was a three-year-old deer. But like the goal right now is to try and develop like my goal, I should say, my personal goal is to really develop, like, improve the skills and develop consistency. Yeah, not only that, man, I, I'll i say this much. Um, you have to kill a lot of deer before you can chill the hell out. And I don't really know. I don't know if it's so much the chilling out as well. Because they're, like, when you're hunting mature deer... And shit gets sideways quick. Like, with my big one this year. Like, okay, guess we're shooting now. One and another couple steps to, you know, get closer, better angle, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it works out. But the whole time, you know, you know. These guys know. Like, I'm I'm a damn basket case. Like, praying to God that I find this deer and I go on this private or that private or whatever. And... Um, just, they never, they never give you what you want. It just seems like you've always got some sketchy ass shots. So, um, it's good to just get it out of your system. And at the end of the day, it's still something to be proud of, right? Like he's still a Mm -hmm. nice buck. You still got some really nice sandy meat and you can (laughs) develop your kitchen skills and your meat rep skills and all that and learn a lot about that and i think i think it speaks volumes that you were you just said okay i'm out and then you went and found the deer and killed it like that's that's badass like if you had that on video i'd watch that video every time like that that to me like i think that's what people like nowadays rather you know it's relatable yeah. you know how many people I've talked to that are so interested in my side of the story of like, Oh yeah, I have farms too. And, uh, man, I have all these freaking, uh, Jesus, I almost said dark time bucks, nighttime bucks. <laughs> like I, I can't get them in daylight. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's called property lines. You don't have the bedding. So screw you. Like <laughs> you want to wait there. You want to do 65, 80 <clears throat> sits be my guest i'm not doing it and so they're they're very inquisitive and want to know and um you know you you just did exactly that you're like man this blows i am gone and then poof dear like public land's awesome we don't do it and a lot of other people don't do it because it's rad we don't want to put on our 
No, we don't want to get our IPAs and our top knots and all that shit. We're just. I like IPAs. We just. Oh, they're disgusting. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, I love them. Oh, <laughs> the most bitter ass freaking hoppy beer. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, we don't do it because it's the cool thing. It's it, it's actually cool in its own way um, because you can actually have control mm. and, and you control your destiny. Yeah, things can get screwed up and pressured. That shit can happen on private. One yep. dumbass on the other side of the fence cutting lanes the mm. week of season opener and stuff like that. That's what started pushing me. I, I watched... I think you were still. I think you were on the team then, Josh, when me and Thomas were glassing those deer like whenever we wanted, and we saw the one that we felt was like 180. We had one that was in the 50s. Like we had all these big deer, and I was going to kill one opening day. Like I was going to belly crawl down the bean field and kill that dude. And then we quit seeing the deer, and then come to find out, Jack Wadden McG goes and. Cuts four-wheeler trails through the woods where the deer are bedding, like, littered in the field once, and I watched the deer come out of the corner and shit their pants. They could It was like some uh, styrofoam or something, and they, it might as well have been a cougar in the middle of the beans. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. So, um, you know, while I hate to invite everybody out because we don't want pressure, Go try out public and, and, you know, it'll help you improve your skills on your private farms. But also, like, if that's not an option for you, go like nobody should ever have an excuse. But I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to say this right now. And please, if you're going to go check out anything, don't don't get on Facebook and say oh. where's the best public where's some public it's very simple go to the state's dnr page that you want to go to every single one of them has their wma maps yep. go look at them go see what's close to you go see if you can find anything that looks good to you ask about topo features ask about um edges ask about betting ask those questions mm -hmm. and then take that knowledge to the place you pick out and go put it to use don't don't go online and ask guys where they're gonna where, where there's deer at because that's like your grandpa giving you a paper bag and telling you to go in the woods and hunt snipe it ain't gonna happen right yeah nobody worth their salt is gonna <laughs> give away their stuff i actually walked in to a local like bait shop the uh yet today and was kind of berated a little bit because the owner was like oh i saw that deer where'd you kill that and i was like i don't i don't tell anybody that mm -hmm. and he's like well no i don't want to know like where but like you know the county was it you know this place or that and i'm like i looking stupid to you <laughs> like no oh well i'm not going to tell anybody well there's eight people now circled around us. They're all going to hear it. And then each one of them is going to go tell their buddies. So each one of their circles is going to know it. And then it's going to spread mm -hmm. like wildfire. And then 
I'm basically going to be sitting in 27 people's laps next opening day. No, thank you. Like, I just, like, what about no means no? Like, can you stop, like, daping my hunting spot, please? Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm giving Rick all kinds of work. Seriously, though, man, I was like, dude, what do you, I don't know why you think I would ever answer that. Like, you fish. He fishes, like, competitively. Where did you catch all your fish and what were you using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what yeah. was the temperature? What depth were they? Like, tell me all that. You're not going to tell me all that <laughs> because you're also not stupid. So, yeah. But, guys, get in on it. Um, It's a fun time. And, uh, uh, Rick, you, uh, you want to I need a this? buck. Yeah, I need to kill a buck. Yeah. I, I, I really <laughs> wish you'd get off your ass. You've learned so much this year, and I think you've killed deer well before this. But we got a bunch of time. Are you going out this weekend? Uh, I'm taking my son out. Oh, nice. So, yeah, this is youth weekend in Ohio. So I'm going to go. He said he wants to hunt the morning of Saturday and the evening of Saturday and then potentially Sunday morning. So that leaves Sunday evening for me with a rifle. So um, I'll make you a deal. Go get him a deer on Saturday, just Saturday. I don't care when. And me and you will go out on Sunday. That sounds and, like a good plan. And, and we will we will stack. <laughs> we'll go stacking. We'll go out with rifles. Yep. I like I like rifles. I can yeah. see why people don't like rifles because mm -hmm. uh, you can't take a bullet back. I, I would much rather uh, use a rifle right now considering how deer camp went for me. But that's a different story for a different time. So we'll <laughs> get into that next time. So, All right. guys, this has been uh, Fueled by the Outdoors. Uh, we've been your hosts for Kate's and Chris Leppard, and we've been joined tonight by our very special guest, Josh Luck. Josh, thanks for stopping by and talking with us about your awesome Ohio buck. Guys, see you later. Bye. See you. See you guys. <laughs>